Coming to you from the weirdest city in the world, Austin, Texas. This is the Sports Buzz. And here's your host, Spencer Spillman. What's up, everybody? We are back for another episode of the Sports Buzz. I'm your host, Spencer Spillman. My co-host, sitting in, Zach Shannonay, and our better than most producer, we'll say better than most. Well, I don't, I don't know if we can give him most yet. I, okay. I think it's a stretch That's fair at enough. this point. We'll, we'll get to that here in a second because we got some big news, but um, first, let's go ahead and uh, talk about what you guys did over the weekend. Uh, Ballad, you, you said you had a pretty good story uh, for, for your Halloween weekend. Yeah, so the lady and I, we stayed in Friday night, but Saturday... We were all energized. Obviously, you know, it was a big college football Saturday, and I'm obviously a big UT fan. She's a big Auburn fan. So we had plans to go out to a few house parties at night, but we wanted to be somewhere to watch the games. Uh, so we planned on going to the tavern on Lamar, and we thought to ourselves, you know, we might as well just wear our costumes out. That way we can go straight from the bars out to the house parties. Uh, and we thought other people might be doing have the same idea. Sure. Absolutely not. We walk into the bar. We are the only people in costumes. Uh, we're all wearing animal onesies. My, <laughs> mine's a kangaroo. And what would you know? The Longhorns and the Auburn Tigers get a win. So I'm a little bit worried that this could be a new good luck charm, and I'm going to have to wear this kangaroo onesie all week uh, or for every UT game. I'm not going to wear it for the Tech game, uh, but if they lose, I got a feeling I might have to put it back on. So you got a little superstition going now. You have to do it. You, I mean, you have to wear it this weekend. This week will be the test. If if, if Are I'm you going to wear it or I'm, no? I'm not going to wear it. Oh, no. I'm going to be in Lake Charles. I'm going to a bachelor party. So that that didn't seem... Even better. <laughs> I, I know. I was Even afraid, better. I was afraid you were going to say that. Bold move, Cotton. <laughs> All right. So we were just talking about it a second ago. A um, little tease to, to get into this segment here. Um, you know, Ballad, it looks like you were pretty busy this weekend and... You know, we do call you the worst producer of all time, but... Unqualified producer. <laughs> you're still unqualified as far as producing goes, but you definitely helped out, and you're not completely useless anymore. You're at least better than the worst at this point. But, uh, yeah, so some of you have... Maybe, maybe you saw us on social media. We've been getting pretty active uh, on Facebook at SportsBuzzTX, and we're also on Twitter at SportsBuzzTX. And we teased a big announcement coming up this week. I'm not going to lie. I was pretty pumped to hear about this one all week long. Yeah, and so was I. And, and you know, I put it out on my personal page just letting people know that, that big things are coming. And, you know, it's really exciting. So, Ballad, please, don't keep the people that are listening and waiting. Yeah, of course. So so last week in the in the podcast, we mentioned that we were going to start soliciting for some sponsorships. And, and the first sponsorship we were really hoping to get was a, a beer or alcohol type sponsorship. So I am extremely excited to announce and extremely proud to announce that we are officially sponsored by Strange Land Brewery, the official beer sponsor of the Sports Buzz. 
We're drinking right now, and I, I tell you guys what, this is delicious. Right. Cheers, Cheers, boys. Cheers, fellas. Cheers. It, it, is, it is a really good beer. And, um, you know, that's, that's so awesome. Uh, Ballad, tell everybody what this sponsorship really entails for us as a, as a podcast and, and for Sports Buzz. I mean, uh, and Sports Buzz as a, as a podcast and Strangeland Brewery. Yeah, of course. So Strangeland Brewery is, is really hooking it up. They're going to be giving us a delicious beer to drink every week. In exchange, uh, we're going to be keeping listeners up to date on different events that are going to be happening, a different announcement they have, and and just promoting the hell out of it. I don't know about you, but this is officially my favorite brewery, my favorite beer of all time as of uh, a few days ago. Man, that's pretty awesome. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, but uh, we're drinking the, the Austinite Hills right now. That's right. It's a beer for every occasion, uh, but that's not the only bo- uh, beer they brew. So they have a brewery. It's located at Bee Caves and 360, right in the Westlake area, right behind uh, Hat Creek Burger. And on Fridays and Saturdays, you can actually go there from 5 to 9 and, tra- uh, and try their other 14 beers on tap. I-, I went there today after work to pick up the beer we're drinking now. It's a really cool facility. Uh, definitely recommend checking it out. Well, me being in the San Marcos area, that's exciting. I want to come check it out because I, I did grow up in the Austin area, and I know the, the Westlake area fairly well. So I want to go check it out, but I'm pretty sure I've seen their beer in Specs, too. Yep, you've seen it at Specs. They sell six-packs and 12-packs at HEB, Whole Foods, Twin Liquors, probably your local liquor store as well. And during football season, you can pick up their most popular beer, the one we're drinking tonight, the Austin Pills, a beer for any occasion, in their special edition burnt orange cans. Yeah, and this this burnt orange is perfect for all the Texas fans, perfect for tailgating too. Yeah, it's perfect for tailgating, it's perfect for weddings, it's perfect for birthday parties, it's perfect for anything you're doing. Go to get you some Strangeland Brewery, any of their beers, super pumped to have them. Thank you guys so and, much. And if you do get a chance to stop by the, the brewery, please tell them you heard about them through us. Tell them you were listening to the Sports Buzz and we, we sent you their way. Yeah, the guys, uh, the guys there, Adam and Tim, they're super nice. Go shake them hands, tell them you, uh, you heard about it on the Sports Buzz, and and yeah, we'll keep you up to date on different things they have going on. They've always got, I've got events going on. It's a happening place. So we'll go ahead and transition now and, and talk a little bit of sports, because that is what we do. Um, to start things off, uh, I, I don't know if you guys saw the 60 Minutes um, exclusive story on the events that are going on at Baylor and the cover-ups that are going on. Um, I didn't watch a whole lot of it. I read the article, and it just gets worse and worse every single every single story that I hear from this, this thing. Um, so, God, it made me feel so much better that Texas somehow won that game oh, on, yeah. on Saturday. And, and we were all talking about it this – this weekend through through our group text and there's a lot of crow that we got to eat from from what we said and 35 34 texas pulls it off in the end beats the number eight team two years in a row they've beaten baylor knocked off their their undefeated streak and god it felt so good that it was baylor uh i i don't know why maybe it's just what's going on and i just can't stand the way they have dealt with issues but for Texas to pull that game off, what does it mean for the program? What does it mean about Baylor? Are were they just overrated, not play anybody, which is what everyone's saying? But what does it mean for Charlie Strong's job? 
what did you what did you think, Zach? Uh, I think I think there's a lot going on with this game, and it's a real mystery of DKR Texas Memorial Stadium right now. You know, Texas is now four zero at home. They've covered the spread and won every single game at home, even when they're the underdogs. And let's let's talk about the main workhorse that we've always talked about week in and week out. Deontay Foreman, man. Every week. Uh, 250 yards this weekend, added two touchdowns on the ground. He paired up with his brother to put on superhero capes for Halloween weekend, man. Amani Foreman, 142 yards off four catches and a touchdown. The Foreman brothers came out and had themselves a day against Baylor. Yeah, Amani had averaged 35 and a half a catch. Deontay had seven and a half a carry. He carried the ball 32 times, which is... It's a lot. I mean, he wasn't – they weren't just giving it to him every now and then. It was it seemed like almost every other play or every play on certain drives. Um, Baylor eventually out – they outgamed Texas 624 to 548. Um, but, God, it was exciting, man. Bouchel threw for just under 300 yards, two touchdowns. He did throw an interception. Um, but the defense held on. Uh, in the end – what did we say last week? Texas had to score at least 30 or 35 points. Yep. Yeah, 35 was our magic number, and, and they got to 35. Yeah. And luckily, it and they kept Baylor under 40. Them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we talked a little bit and touched on it last week. Trent Domingue uh, has been pretty poor performer all season long, but came through in the clutch with a 39-yard field goal yeah. there towards the end. And he was uh, 100% for the day, which is all you can ask for. Yeah, and that's that's – at the end of the day, that's it. That's his job. So – you know, good performances. Again, I think they could manage the clock a little bit better at the end of the game. They kind of let some time on the clock for Baylor that I think they shouldn't have. But you can't be mad at a performance like that. And especially when we're looking at these guys as underdogs a lot of the way with the rest of the season. Yeah. Um. You know, this is good. This is a good performance, a good attitude, and a good win. But we got to move forward. We got to we gotta get these back-to-back wins rolling. Um. And we got to see some more of these guys next week. So, Ballad... Our good luck charm, Kangaroo, what do you got from this game? And does Charlie Strong have a better case for his job now that they've knocked off a top 10 opponent again? You know, it, much the like second, you guys. The second top 10 opponent of the year, by the way. They, they te- and Technically, I think, Notre Dame was ranked number 10 the first game of the year. And so. this is, I believe, Charlie's fifth win against a top 10 opponent since he's been at Texas. So that, what does that mean? I'm not sure we can call the Notre Dame win a top 10 win. Yeah, it was at the time, mm-hmm. but we have all been, you know, Notre Dame has been exposed since then. Sure. Guys, I'm piggybacking on what you guys said. The Foreman brothers are the favorite siblings in Austin, Texas right now, combining for over 400 yards total together and three touchdowns. Well, Still would love to see the defense get better. They didn't have over 400, but tried, just under. Tried to get one past you guys. I know, I was waiting tried for to get it. one past you guys. I was waiting for it because we did lose last week. We lost the bet. And we do owe you a shotgun, but I just I can't shotgun one of these beautiful Strangeland Brewery They're beers. They're so good. They're, They're so too good, good, and I can't shotgun one. I'm gonna have to bring a light beer next week and and owe you next week. I gotta. I can't do it. I can't shotgun one of these. They're too good. Well, so and, and they are delicious. We wouldn't want to waste it like that. But the, the defense is still upsetting. Giving up 600 plus yards is not good, especially since Charlie Strong's supposed to be a defensive minded right. coach. And the other thing I noticed is the 18-wheeler package is not working anymore either. It, no, it's not. It used to work right when they had the element of surprise. Now people are preparing for it, and that has really just got to go, especially when you have a workhorse in Foreman. I agree. He should be running the ball in those short uh, situations. So and I, I hope they retire that and I heard move something. Forward. I heard something this week 
uh, either today or yesterday, maybe today, Tyron Swoops is actually starting to play running back and taking reps in practice at running back to to be a backup to Foreman because they are they're hurting to depth at running back without Chris Warren. So maybe they'll just get rid of the package altogether and throw in a couple of trick plays with with that. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they'll throw in a, a, a weird trick play with Swoops back there behind the behind the quarterback. But I mean, we have yet to see a trick play out of Texas all year, yeah. really. Um, I mean, even a reverse, just a change exactly. of direction. There's nothing coming. And we out haven't of Texas. even seen Swoops attempt to throw from the 18 wheeler, which is absolutely mind blowing to me because everyone's expecting him to run it and just one throw. I feel like it's a touchdown. I feel like it's automatic touchdown. Um, so the other big game in the state of Texas this week. Uh, last well, week, you know what I mean. Um, was was Texas a It wasn't even a big game. It was the only other Texas game that I could really talk about. Texas A and M. You know, it wasn't. They didn't do anything flashy. They didn't kill it with crazy stats. But they won the game fifty-two to ten. Um, you know, A and M is A and M's rolling. They have one loss, and it's to the number one team in the country. Um, we'll get into playoff rankings here in a little bit, but um, Zach, what do you what do you got from that game? Uh, I mean, exactly how it played out. You know, fifty-two to ten, A and M got their mojo back, and I think that's indicative of where they're at so far this season. And I think it's kind of a, a progress chart as to where they're going for the end of the season. They have to close it out. You know, they're they're the longest shot at getting a chance at the conference title at this point. They yeah. need Alabama to lose twice. And I think A&M is just going to do everything that they can in their power to to sway voters and things like that at this point. But, I mean, to. that's all they can do. And yep. they went out there and did their job, and that's kind of the, the only thing you can ask of them and expect good results, and they got it. Um, You got something valid on that? Yeah, you know, I, n- I never want to say anything good about Texas A&M, but, you know, it was pretty cool to see Christian Kirk return two punts for a touchdown. Uh, He's for, a stud. He really is. And, and then AM was balanced on offense. You got to give him credit there. 233 passing yards, 282 rushing yards. I, I think it's safe to say that Kevin Sumlin is no longer on the hot seat at AM. He, he came into the, the season with his job kind of in question, but sure. I think he solidified that, and we're going to see him next year. So, uh, like you guys, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this game. I didn't even watch it, but. I didn't either. Uh, I, I, knew, I knew what the outcome was going to be. Um, AM's a very good team. They're, they're really good. Their defense. When they get going and they start pressuring the quarterback, they're scary. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll move on past that. Good good for AM, good for the, the Aggie listeners. Um, so back to the Big Twelve. West Virginia came into Stillwater, Oklahoma, undefeated. The only other undefeated team in the Big Twelve. And looking at that game, the stats were pretty close, pretty even. Time of possession, yardage. Oklahoma State didn't turn the ball over once. West Virginia turned it over three times and lost by 17 points, and that was really the deciding factor. Um, West Virginia definitely disappointed. As a team who was dominating the Big 12 and showed that they could play defense, they couldn't stop Oklahoma State. Um, Zach, did you watch any of that game at all? You know, I I was bouncing back and forth to this game, and – it's so strange to me because you could watch West Virginia put small pieces together in, in almost every drive, 
and then just watch them stall out. And it yeah. looked really embarrassing. I mean, they went on the road and just got embarrassed at Oklahoma State. Stillwater is a tough place to play, and I think the fans kind of embrace that attitude when oh, they absolutely. show up to the games. Absolutely. But, uh, I mean, West Virginia just looked lost out there, and you could tell. Uh, what was the coach of fucking West Virginia? Um, either way, on the sideline, you could visibly see West Virginia just upset with themselves, the lack of production, the lack of efficiency in the plays that they ran. It, it was just a mess out there, and I think Oklahoma State just took advantage of every opportunity and just played a really concise, well-formulated game. Yeah, and when you win the turnover battle plus three, it's going to be hard to lose games, and Oklahoma State did a good job of capitalizing on that. Um, good for Mike Gundy getting this 100th win. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm a Mike Gundy fan. I like that. Good was for it get really a, his 100th win? 100th ever? win. 100th win, yep, at Oklahoma State. Okay. Good for him. I didn't I didn't know that stat. Um, I hope you're not trying to lie to me. That That one's good. That one's good. That one's legit? Okay. That one's legit. Cool. I didn't hear that. You, yeah. You you're, know, get, you're getting a little paranoid on the yeah. I am. I am. Which, I like, I'm, which I'm okay with. It's I like Mike Gundy. I like Mike Gundy. And I, as much as people want to bash on him, the mullet that he's rocking is so sweet. So awesome. Um, so, you want to play for a guy like yeah, that. Yeah. He's a man of the people. So Michigan State, Michigan, uh, always an interesting battle. Uh, the stats were... Kind of like the Oklahoma State West Virginia, they were almost even. There, everything was very, very close. Um, the the bits that I did watch, uh, Michigan State would move the ball all the way down the field after an interception, get to the goal line, get to the three yard line, two yard line, one yard line, and then would get a penalty, and they they'd be, get an automatic first down at the one. First, second, third, run it every single time. And they could not get it in the end zone. They couldn't score to save their life. Michigan ends up holding on to win 23, uh, 32-23. It was closer than it should have been. Um, but Well, I mean, you say it's close, but I watched almost all of this game from beginning to finish, sure. and it was a game that was not close by exactly. any standard exactly. of margin. Exactly. The score is the score yeah. is not indicative of that game. I mean, I think the close. final line on the game was a 24-point favorite for Michigan, but Michigan State did everything that they could to get on the scoreboard and try and compete with them. The opening, opening drive for Michigan State, L.J. Scott <laughs> led the way, 12-play drive, seven minutes off the clock. Only threw one pass, 75-yard drive for a touchdown. Michigan came right back down the field, slow, methodical, and capped it off with a Jabril Peppers touchdown. But I can't say enough about Jabril Peppers in this game alone. Doesn't he play defense? He plays everything at this point. Uh, he does play defense. His starting position is linebacker. But you'll see Peppers in the Wildcat. You'll see him in the offense, um, flexed out. He does it all. Uh, the rushing touchdown uh, also combined with... A uh, he had the fourth down sack with under two minutes in the game that iced the game for Michigan, but he also had the two point conversion that was fumbled and returned for two points, where he just put on the Jets and took off down the sidelines. He knew no one was going to catch him, but he wanted to make a statement on the road, and and they really did. I mean, you look at it. Uh, let's see, Jabril Peppers had seven tackles, including the sack in the fourth quarter. Monster. Uh, a Big day, 24 rushing yards with a touchdown, like I said, on the first drive, uh, and was just the playmaker. He was the player of the game. He changed any play, any possession that he was on the field for Michigan. So the next game we got on our 
on our list here is Louisville, and, and they got a Heisman candidate named Lamar Jackson. Would you put Peppers up there in the same category with Lamar Jackson uh, in the running for the Heisman? Um, look, it's a hard spot for a defensive player, but he's got more touchdowns than he, any defensive yeah, player. Exactly. Um, Charles Woodson, the only defensive player to receive a Heisman. Uh, I think he's up there. I think he's on that standard. He may have not... He may not have as many complete games as I've seen from Lamar Jackson this year, but he's up there, and he's one of my favorite players to watch because he does it all. Every it's, side yeah. of the ball, he has an impact. It's always on. interesting to to get that argument about a defensive player needing to be in the talk, and and Dominican Sue was kind of in that talk for uh, for Heisman when he was at Nebraska, and and he came out and said something. Um, that that the NCAA is overhyping these offensive players, these quarterbacks and running backs. So yeah, that'll be interesting to follow along. Um, we're getting close to the end of the season. We've got about a month left. Yeah, but Lamar Jackson is making a case for his oh yeah for his Heisman. You know, four hundred yards passing, four touchdowns, one to win the game. Just under four hundred passing. Got me again. Yeah, no, uh, I, but, I looked at that. Yeah, he's he's a he's an animal. And Virginia Virginia is is not a a good football team. Um, they were at home. They they really had a chance to win that game, and Louisville played so bad despite what what Jackson's numbers were. And Virginia scores a touchdown to tie it, and then has the the balls to go for two to make it what a six point game or uh, no, I believe it was. 25-24 at the time whenever they did that. Was it? Okay, so yeah, 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 yeah. you're right. They tied yeah. it and then went for two to take the lead, 25-24. Yeah. And then... With just under two minutes left to play. Yeah, no, there's like a minute 40 or a minute 30. And Lamar Jackson all of a sudden realized, wait a minute, I, I'm i the best athlete in the country at Fuck quarterback. What in the hell? Yeah, no, he, that's, that's what he said to himself. Like, why are we doing this? And then they moved down the field, and it was like there was not a defense on the field. Yeah, and I think it goes back even further in the game. You know, I was flipping back and forth because uh, the Michigan game, the Oklahoma State game, and yeah. this game were all going on at the same time in the right. early period. Uh, but with about six minutes left in the third, the Louisville's still down by 10 at that mm-hmm. point. And... Even though Lamar Jackson, through three quarters of play, had an interception and a fumble that was lost, he looked composed. He looked ready to go. He looked excited. He looked yeah. upbeat on the sideline. Louisville looked like they weren't giving up in that game, getting down into that last quarter, and they didn't. And it really showed. And, you know, Virginia took advantage of every opportunity they could, got the two-point conversion, gave themselves a chance to win. But at the end of the day, Lamar Jackson said, I'm going for – more than just winning for this team, I want a Heisman, and he really put the team on his back and led that that game winning drive. Yeah, um, I mean it was it was exactly what you need to do as Louisville and keep your name in the in the contest and and Lamar Jackson is clearly the front runner in my opinion for the Heisman. Um, yeah, we'll see how that plays out in the next couple weeks because there's only four or five weeks left in college football. Um, the next game with with big implications, two top ten teams, Wisconsin uh, hosting Nebraska, and Nebraska came in undefeated, and Wisconsin was a nine point favorite. We talked about that last week, and I think Uncle Mac had a say on that. Um, Uncle I think Mac Uncle, liked that after think, that game. I think Uncle Mac nailed it because uh, Wisconsin does win the game, but uh, Nebraska covers the spread. 
Wisconsin wins 23-17, and another one of those games where neither team really blew out the other, and, and the stats were pretty even on the on the sheet, and Wisconsin just held on long enough to win it. And, you know, Ballard, what do you, what do you got on that game? Yeah, you know, this, this was the defensive struggle that we predicted it was going to be. I mean, even with overtime, still less than 700 total yards of offense throughout the game. Uh, and, and that's kind of turning out to be both these teams' MOs. Um, I'm really excited to see Nebraska take on Oklahoma or Ohio State this week. And, and the Big Ten is, uh, is shaping up to uh, be a pretty good conference this year, a lot better than I thought they were going to be. Zach, what do you got on that one? Uh, you know, my big key difference maker on the in that game for Nebraska last week was Tommy Armstrong Jr., and he really struggled through throughout the game. He has 12 of 31 passing for 153 yards and two interceptions. Uh, he was able to help out with his legs and get one of the rushing touchdowns to get them back in this game. Um, but again, Wisconsin's defense just stood up to the task and got the stop in overtime and scored and won the game. Yeah, that was, I mean, both teams are in the top 10 in the playoff ranking right now in the first, first ranking. We'll get to that in a bit. Um, a team that made a huge jump in the rankings was Auburn going, uh, into Oxford to play Ole Miss and, Auburn's done a lot in the past couple weeks and really showed people why they belong. A uh, 40-29 to 29 win at Ole Miss. They jump into the top 10. Um, I didn't watch any of this game. I don't know anything about Auburn. Uh, all I know is they they keep winning, and they keep winning by a lot. And I'll, I'll tell obvi- you. Obviously, the playoff committee has some sort of – they're seeing something that I'm not seeing in Auburn. So – Tell me. Tell me what it is. I'll tell you the only thing you need to know about Auburn is that Cameron Petaway is a monster. He's really starting to get into his rhythm. Just under 250 rushing yards uh, this game with a touchdown on 30 carries. He's becoming the true workhorse uh, for the Tigers. And this is really setting up to be a fantastic Iron Bowl uh, come towards the end of the season. I think it's probably going to end up deciding the SEC West if Alabama takes care of business in in the in Baton Rouge this week. Yeah, and Alabama's got a big game this weekend, and we'll we'll get to that here in our next segment. Um, but so so Chad Kelly in a losing effort sets an old miss record: five hundred passing yards, three touchdowns, only one interception. Alex, yeah, stop with these poor stats, he's, man. He he's trying to get one on every single game. Four hundred sixty-five yards. I'm looking at it right now. Thirty-six okay, of fifty-nine okay. for three and a pick. Yes, I, was, I can't stand Chad Kelly because he's a clown, but yeah, that's impressive. 465. But, but the stats don't lie. Chad Kelly is having a pretty decent yeah. year so far. Yeah. Well, his dad is pretty good. Yeah. Well, here's 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 Very true. Hey, trivia question, guys. Chad Kelly did break the record. Even my stat was bogus. Who held the record before him? I do believe. Uh, I'm going to guess Cam Newton. From Ole Miss? Ole Miss? I don't think so. Oh, from Ole Miss. Yeah. How many of these uh, Strangeland Brews have you drank, Spencer? I thought you said SEC. I wasn't, I wasn't paying attention Wait, to your garbage stuff. Who, who are you going to take? Are you taking Archie or are you taking Eli? It's got to be Eli, right? I'm going with Archie, man. It's got to be Archie. Zach is right with Archie in 1969. Do you have any idea how many yards it was? I believe... Oh, man. It's got to be north of 400, but I have no 436. idea. 436. That's one you can take to the bank. Okay. <laughs> Zach is winning in our trivia battle, which we forgot to introduce. 
That's okay. No, I like it. I like I, I like the non-introduction. I mean, it's good. You it's always got to go with the OG on that in, in those situations. So, you guys watched the Clemson-Florida State game, right? Oh, yeah. Looking at that game, you get you get Clemson, who jumps out to a 14-0 lead after a quarter. Florida State bounces back, takes the lead, and then Clemson and Deshaun Watson just turn it on in the fourth quarter. What? I mean, did Florida State just stop playing? I mean, it's really hard to say, but that defense has just been holier than Swiss cheese, man. I mean, they're getting shredded, and they've gotten shredded this year with the the running plays and the short yardage. It, it just kills them, man. And Dalvin Cook can only do so much for this team when you know you have your running back go off for 19 carries 169 yards and puts four touchdowns on the board yeah that's insane at least somebody's got to step up and make a play but again you look at it and it's deshaun watson and he's gonna go make a bigger play on the other end of the ball i think clemson is just yeah watson i think clemson is just too much man they're so big and they're so strong I mean, it's methodical. Like, even when they're down on the road in an environment that they've struggled with, they look so composed. They're starting to look like the Alabama of the ACC. Without the defense, I would say. But, yeah, I mean, that the offense size, is, is... The size, the composure, just, they never get... Even though they're down late in games, they never the get flustered. The score doesn't matter, yeah. They never get flustered. Exactly. They, they remind me of Florida State from 2014, where they just kept winning, like, oh, finding yeah. ways to win games. This is their fourth the win. Jameis, this, yeah, the Jameis year. Yeah, this is this, their fourth win this season by less than seven points. I think we're probably going to see a few more of them. But Deshaun Watson is really has had Florida State's number. This is the second time he's beat them and put up 400-plus total yards on them yeah. in, in each of those games. Um, and that's a real stat, I'll tell you no, right now. No, it is. I was just looking at it. Yeah, he had 52 rushing yards. He had over 400 yards And it total. was it was capped off with tight end Jordan Leggett, you know, who had five catches for 122 yards and the game-winning touchdown in that one. Yeah, and Clemson, Clemson finds himself jumping Michigan in the AP poll. Um, they jump him in the playoff. Michigan's still number two in the AP and coaches poll. Clemson takes number two in the playoffs. Real fast, before moving on to playoff rankings, uh, you know, Dalvin Cook broke a Florida State record um, uh, in the uh, in this game uh, for most career yards in a season. Do you know who has the who held it before that? Either of you? I don't know enough Florida State running backs, honestly. I don't know, but it's not going to surprise me. I know it. Work done. Yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. That was that was good time, Florida State. Oh yeah. That was uh that was the team that beat Michael Vick in the national championship, wasn't it? Florida State work done. I think so. Yeah, that was Michael Vick in the national championship. Yeah, good call. All right. That's a good. That's another good stat. See, you come with these good stats and then you try to give us these. He's got to. He's got to make up so many fake stats at this yeah. point. He's got good ones on deck. That's, that's I'm, nice. I'm scared now. I, I can't. Fan. I have to literally go fact check him keep, every single game. On our toes. I feel like you're cheating a little bit, but we're gonna we're gonna let it slide. Let's no, put, I have to keep an eye on every game now. <laughs> Um, moving on the playoff rankings. Yeah, the playoffs. So obviously Bama won. No surprise there. Kind of a surprise that Clemson jumped Michigan because Michigan really hasn't faltered at all. I'm not that surprised given the how steady Clemson has been. But they've With, had in, close in, games. In you know? all of their close games, though, it's almost been a no doubter that they are going to drive down and sure. make something happen. So Michigan comes in at three. Um, obviously undefeated. Th- I mean, those are three undefeated teams. 
Obviously, Washington is undefeated. They should be number four, right? That's you would think so. You would expect that. You would think that, but for some reason, the committee has decided that Texas A&M is better than Michigan or Washington. So A&M comes in at four, surprising everybody in the country, including all three of us, which is awesome for them. That's such that's, that's huge. All they really have to do is win out, and they've gotten through the hardest part of their schedule. I think they only have to play LSU left. Well, I, I think for lots of people who've been studying the college football playoff committee and everything that's gone on the last couple of years, I think this isn't as big a surprise to most of them because so much of it has been weighted on the strength of schedule. And especially since yeah. when we go through the regular season, we're looking at who they've played so far and what those scores have been. And, you know, I think as much as Washington has taken care of business and done their job and really beaten teams and beating them good when they needed to beat them good, uh, I, I think it just talks to what their schedule has looked like so far and how A&M has played. I think yeah. this is high honor for A&M to, to be in the four spot right now. But I think ultimately when we get down to it and if Washington runs a table, which they should, they, they, got, should. they got Cal, who's 4-4 four and four coming up, uh, USC 5-3, and three, Arizona State 5-4, and four, and at Washington State I think will be their biggest challenge uh, going to Mike Leach and the 6-2 and two, um, at Washington State at the end of the year. But I think when you look at it, conference championships mean more at the end of the day. And oh, yeah. with Washington State, if they run the table and win their conference, I think it'll be unbeatens playing unbeatens, and I think it'll be a real Coliseum match of Goliaths as we get out there. Yeah, it should be exciting. Um, I think this early in the season, rankings are exactly what they are. They're numbers next to names. Sure. There's a lot of football to be played, and there's going to be a lot of shakeup here. Right, and it's, it's kind of the... Uh... The way too early predictions or the way too early power rankings, and, and you gotta you gotta have the drama. You sure. gotta have drama. You gotta have something to talk gotta, about. It's gotta be there. It gives yeah. people stuff to talk about. Sure, right. Um, so we'll go ahead and get into uh, our upcoming week in college football, and um, you know, Uncle Mac couldn't be here, but have you talked to Uncle Mac? Valid? I talked to Uncle Mac. Uh, he he's got a, a stuff that he's doing tonight. He couldn't call in, uh, but he's got picks for us. So uh, Spencer, what's first on the docket? Well, I know you don't want to talk about Texas and Texas Tech. So Texas is a three and a half point favorite in Lubbock, and uh, in an eleven o'clock in the morning game. Yep. Um. So well, you know, you know, Uncle Mac's stance on betting on Texas. Yep. You just don't yep. do it. It hurts too much, and they sure. disappoint you. But if he was gonna bet on the Texas game, he'd take the over. No one in the Big Twelve plays defense, and UT and Texas Tech are shining examples of that. Sure. They haven't released what the over under is yet, but if it's anything south of what, like eighty five, you've got to take the over. Yeah, I'd like to see what that number is. Hasn't um, been released yet. Uncle Mac's been uh, looking at that he's intently. He's been checking intently. Trying, trying to get it as soon as possible. Fair enough. Um, but he hasn't seen it yet. It hasn't been released. Um, does Uncle Mac want to bet on A&M and Mississippi State? A&M 13 and a half. You know, much like me, he doesn't really care that much about Texas A&M. But he likes this game. Texas A&M and minus 14. You know, Michigan – or, sorry, Mississippi State – has not been the same team they used to be since Dak Prescott made his way to the NFL. So, yeah, he's pretty sure that Texas A&M Wait, is so Uncle Max took it at 14? Yeah, he's going to take oh, it at 14. Down at minus, it's down at 13 and a half, so 
Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. He might, have, he might have to call his bookie then. Um. So TCU going who, down. Who do you have in the game? Who Who do you think is going to win the game? In that one, um. Yeah, I, I mean, A&M's rolling. Their defense is so solid. I haven't watched Mississippi State play all year. I I have nothing. I I know nothing about them. I know that A&M has trouble closing out games. I'm. I think Uncle Mac knows what he's talking about. I'm gonna take Texas A&M on the spread. Zach, you got what do you uh, say? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be in agreement, and we're gonna have a clean sweep on this one. I think A&M is rolling right now. Mississippi State has just not been the same team. They offensively have not been anywhere close to their production last year with Dak. Um, even on the road, I think Texas A&M just kind of shuts out all the noise, and I think they'll take. And take it by two touchdowns or more. And, and let's and, backtrack real quick. And, yeah, I was going to say, and, I know y'all are excited about yeah. Uncle Max picks, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about the Texas Tech uh, game. Yeah, so uh, three and a half seems, I don't know, I don't know. It doesn't seem right. I'm scared of that game. Um, I like Uncle Max pick on taking the over in the total points. Whatever that total points is going to be, because they're... I mean, Patrick Mahomes is. I think I think you take Tech in this one just based on the line yeah. because I think it. If anything, it'll be a much closer game than we're anticipating. I think it'll be within a field goal. It'll be close. It'll be close. I, I think if we're taking it outright, I'm I'm gonna stick with Texas right now. I'm I'm gonna ride the train as long well, as I can at this yeah. point. And you know their defense. You know you heard. Brecklin Hager come out this week with a little bit of attitude, a little bit of swagger. I think a little bit too much. A little too much. He said the wrong word. Sure. But I, I think you like the attitude. I think you like the fierceness coming from this Texas defense. Even though they keep giving up big yards, the points are going down. And I think that gives us a chance to win games. And, you know, if that keeps up, we, we got a chance. It's an 11 a.m. game, so it's not the crazy night fest in Lubbock. But that's what I'm most worried about. With the tortillas and the well, batteries. They'll just, they'll, I, I think they'll just be up all night drinking. That's that They're... Over that, I mean, they can I think advantage is Tech at night in Lubbock. I think it's a different place. I think the 11 a.m. start, I think, is good for Texas staying in Texas. They don't get off the bus very well on the road whenever they have to leave the state. But I think the 11 a.m. start is going to be better for them. I think Texas wins outright. I don't think they cover the three and a half spurt, though. Okay. So you got this one by a field goal. Yeah. This feels like a game. Whoever has the ball last is going to win. Yeah. Absolutely. Um... Another another game in Texas, two Texas teams. TCU, who has the same record as Texas, would you believe it or not, um, at 4-4. Four and four, And they'll go down to the recently defeated for their first time in, in all season. Uh, at Baylor in Waco, Baylor is given 7.5. Uncle Max touching that game? Yeah. <clears throat> He's going to. He doesn't want to, only because, you know, you you got to bet on Baylor for this game. Minus seven and a half is not enough points. I think Baylor wins big here after oh. after the the uh, upsetting loss to Texas. I think they get it together. It's at home. They don't have to travel. Uh, I think Baylor wins big in this game. Uh, Uncle I, Mac thinks. I, I gotta sorry. say, I think we got Uncle Mac some special Strangeland Brewery beer. Dude, I am I'm not on that. On the same sauce right now. I I am all over Baylor at home, coming off a huge disappointing loss. I think uh, I think Baylor's gonna come out swinging. I think this is all Baylor Bears from the get go. I think y'all are dead wrong. 
I think y'all are dead wrong. I just think TCU has This been, is going to be another close game. I think TCU has just been a flat team all season long. They come out slow. It takes them too long to get into games. And I think when you combine that with the speed that Baylor and the pace Baylor likes to work with, I think this is all Bears. I think Bears are up three touchdowns at halftime, and I think it's TCU clawing back in this game late. But. Guys, Baylor couldn't run away from Texas, whose defense has been horrible all year long. There is no way they're running away from TCU. TCU is going to make this a close one. I don't think Uncle Mac's right on this one. I, You may want to call your uncle and let him know that this has, a, this has upset implications written all over. I know Baylor's going to be upset oh, coming off goodness. of coming off of a loss. You know, they're going to be upset. They're going to be playing at home. But how much home field advantage does Baylor have there? And and how I mean, really after they just kind of diminished every chance they had of righting all their wrongs that's going on, I don't think it's going to happen, man. I think TCU, this is my this is my one game where I'm thinking Maybe an upset alert. You're putting Baylor an upset alert, huh? I'm saying upset alert. All right, we'll report back. I can't wait to see yeah, that. Yeah, and I, that I got one more. That's... I wasn't going to watch that game, but I'll watch it now. I, I'm going to have to check it out. And um, folks at home are in for a good one. It'll be right after the Texas game, so you, you got all Saturday to just sit there and watch football. Um, the next one on our list, um, Florida traveling to Arkansas. Florida's ranked 11th in the country now. They're 6-1. and one. They're a five and a half point favorite on the road in Fayetteville. Yeah, I talked to I talked to Uncle Mac about this game, and that Florida ranking is very inflated. They they really haven't played anyone this year, and the only people they the team that's worth anything they played they lost to. They lost to Tennessee on the road, and they're gonna lose to Arkansas on the road as well. Arkansas's only losses are to the three best teams in the SEC, and at home, Austin Allen has been pretty much on fire. So I like Arkansas to bounce back with. Fury after getting embarrassed by Auburn, also with two weeks to prepare. I like Arkansas to upset Florida at home. I'm, yeah, Give me Arkansas outright. I'm on you there. I'm thinking wrong team favored. Um, I, I've seen the ups and downs of Arkansas. You just don't know which Arkansas team is going to show up. I would definitely take the under the. I would take the points in that. Sure. But yeah, upset alert for sure. That's another one of them, and that's not one I really had written as an upset alert on my on my list. But I I agree. I I love a team at home at with home. two weeks to prepare. Sure. Exactly. Right after they right after they get bounced by uh by Auburn. I think what you said, Spencer, is the key to this one for me. I think you don't know what Arkansas team shows up, and I think any hint of a bad Arkansas showing is blood in the water for the Gators, and sure. I think. The Gators are rolling right now. Um, I will say, hold on. Coming off another good performance at home, I got Florida in this one by a touchdown. I will say be careful on that because you're right. Florida's only loss is against Tennessee. Florida was up 21-0 or 24-0 or something like that. They let them fall back. And they didn't score another point the rest of the game and lost by two or three touchdowns. So be careful with Florida. They have it. I mean, their only loss is a game where they they just absolutely blew it, and they're sneaky good right now. You know, I mean, sure, coming in the from the east, I think you know they got a good chance to take that side of the conference and, yeah. and show up, and they're sneaky good right now. Um, go back to the Big Twelve here. Oklahoma State going up to Manhattan to play Kansas State. Oklahoma State six and two, Kansas State five and three. 
Kansas State at home is a two and a half favorite. Usually you see a three point favorite as a home team, which means the betters are on Oklahoma State's side. Is Uncle Mac on Oklahoma State's side? Yeah, he absolutely is. He he really likes Oklahoma State in this game. They're on a four game winning streak. Uh, this week's they're going to make it five. They're going to go to Manhattan and get a win on the road, especially after the big win over West Virginia. Mike Gundy's 100th win of his career at Oklahoma State. I really like Oklahoma. Or I'm sorry, Uncle Mac really likes Oklahoma State to upset Kansas State on the road this week. What do you think, Zach? And you know what? I, I think we're I think we can all agree with Uncle Mac here. I think Oklahoma State is for whatever reason not favored in this game and I think Kansas State has this weird voodoo over Manhattan games. I think a later afternoon game is more advantageous for anybody coming into Manhattan. Sure. Um but I think the Cowboys are they they've just played so well this season, you know, their their record may not reflect how good some of these games have been, but you know they played Texas real close, beat them at the end, and I think seeing how Texas is playing as sloppily as they did against Kansas State on the road, I think Oklahoma State will avoid those mistakes, and I think Oklahoma State wins this game outright. Ellen, especially now that Oklahoma State has something to play for, the Big 12 after this week has kind of gotten thrown into turmoil, so they have an opportunity to, to go out and win the Big 12, and I think they're going to play for that. So I really like them to win in Manhattan. Uh, yeah, and they're and they're bowl eligible. The more games you win, they only have two losses on the on the card. You know, you you go ahead and win a couple more games, and you're looking at a pretty late bowl. I mean, you're looking at almost almost New Year's bowl. Um, so we'll go to. In my opinion, the biggest game of the week. Oh, yeah. Alabama going down to Death Valley against LSU. That is going to be exciting. It's a it's a late game, so the Tiger Faithful is going to be thoroughly sauced up. <laughs> and that place... They're already tailgating. Oh, yeah, they've already started. Um, that place is going to be insanely loud. It's going to be raucous. It's going to be crazy. Alabama just over a touchdown favorite at seven and a half. This is another one. This is the one that I had as a legit upset alert. Um, if Alabama can't stop the grown man in Leonard Fournette. Yeah, you another one of Uncle Max's rules. You don't bet against LSU at Death Valley, especially in a night game. I like Alabama to win this game, but I think it's going to be closer than the spread. Yeah. LSU to cover. I think Uncle Max is going to have to write us a rule book for all these gambling rules. He's man. got a lot we, of we rules. Gotta keep up. We got to keep up here. He's been doing it a long time. He, he's got a, a, a lot of knowledge. Zach, you agreeing with Uncle Mac? Uh, yeah, I think, again, we're sipping on the same sauce here. Uh, LSU, having Leonard Fournette back is a different team. It is very different, and, and the difference, as big as it is, is them winning a couple more games at this point. You know, I think the home field advantage, I think just the atmosphere there is just something really special. And I think Alabama is going to have their hands full trying to corral Leonard Fournette. It's going to take two or three guys to take him down. And I think it's just going to wear on them. I think the one thing Leonard is really good at is wearing teams down throughout a game. Yeah. All four quarters. I think it's a close game. I don't think Alabama loses. But I think it's closer than a touchdown. I think this is a rivalry game that is a rivalry game, and it's oh, grinded out, hard-nosed, pound them football. I do think LSU is going to give them a test. Um, and I, I think Leonard Fournette is, is 
clearly the best running back in the nation. Um, I'll say this, Uncle Mac, uh, the line has not been set yet, but he, he probably likes the under on this, too. Yeah, and that's probably not a bad idea. Um, you got a freshman quarterback in Alabama coming into Death Valley for the first time ever. As the number one team in the country, he may get shaken up. I mean, you never know. You never know how a kid like that's going to respond to an atmosphere like that. Um, to play devil's advocate, I'll take I'll take the points. I, I, I think Alabama wins it by more than the seven and a half. Um, just so we just so we're not <laughs> on the same page. Because you never know. I think Alabama runs away with it in the end, but it's going to be close most of the game. <laughs> yeah, it, we could be totally disrespecting Alabama right now. <laughs> you no, know, I'm sure we are. I'm sure we are. Yeah, I think I think the spread is giving Alabama their defensive touchdown, yeah, which it's pretty we're close. not even sitting on. Yeah, it's but pretty close to it. I, I think you're right. I think LSU will get worn down defensively over the course of this game, and I think it, I think, I think it will take time, giving the freshman quarterback in that kind of atmosphere. It's, it's unlike 98% of the other schools that you will ever see in college football. It's, it's a crazy, drunken, yeah, it'll be, ruckus atmosphere. Yeah. And I think it'll take time for him to get into that game, but I think you're right. I think the fourth quarter will be all Alabama. I just think that LSU-Alabama games are always closer they than are. they should be. I think they're grind them out, hit them as hard as you possibly can, and see how many teeth you can knock out in that kind of game. Sure. And, and, and a lot of those guys at LSU are, are playing for less miles. And, absolutely. And so maybe there's a chip on their shoulder, but I, I'm still taking Alabama to cover. I like it. I like. Um, so last game on our list, Nebraska at Ohio State. Another two teams in the top ten, both 7-1 records. Ohio State at home, 17-point favorite. What's Uncle Mac taking? You know, uh, Uncle Mac took Nebraska in the points last week. He's going to do it again this week. This is, again, Ooh. Uncle Mac's lock of the week. Minus 17 just feels like way too much, even against Ohio State, who has been exposed in the last few weeks. Uh, lock it up, Nebraska with the points. How are you feeling about that, Spencer? <laughs> Ohio State's played two really bad weeks of football in a row. Um, the smart play is, yeah, to to take Nebraska in the points. But I think they're gonna they're gonna have a breakout game. I mean, they've only lost the one game, and they're number six in the playoff right now. So <laughs> shut the hell up. Yeah, that's you can say whatever you want. I. I'm gonna take the, I'm gonna take Ohio State because I I think they they they're due they have to break out sooner or later they're due I'm taking Ohio State it's gotta happen. Can we do a side bet, Spencer? No, we're not doing any side bets. I already owe you for last week's bet. <laughs> you know what I, I I'm gonna have to side with Spencer on this one. I think Ohio State is looking to get a lot of their frustration out, get rid of a lot of demons that have come up in the past couple weeks. I think Ohio State is very due, and I think Nebraska showed how vulnerable they can be with pressure from the defensive side of the ball. I think Ohio State is going to win this one real big, especially in a primetime matchup. So, you know, we got our first sponsor, and I just really want to really want to thank Strangeland Brewery again because this is a delicious beer. This and is we are the best beer ever. Had. Oh, we're thoroughly enjoying it. It's much better than the other beer other beer that we were drinking because Strangeland is a more quality beer obviously and it's a it's a beer for any occasion and actually ballad I, the hops. actually ballad i could really use another one if you don't mind i'm gonna go ahead and go into our our fake promo you guys need some more beers 
I could I use think, one. I think I the table one. could use some beers. Yeah, why don't I grab some more beers? Okay. Thanks, man. From um, our delicious sponsor, Strange Yeah, so, and this is another one of our, our spots that we would love to uh, to have another sponsor. Um, as of now, it's just Strangeland. But we're, we're still looking for, you know, some sort of wing place, maybe. I know there's a bunch out there. I know there's a bunch of people that make wings. Um, so, yeah, that'd be sweet to have some free food while we sit here and do our podcast, while we drink. I mean, even if you want to douse our wings in some sweet hot sauce, I yeah. think that would even be perfect. Anything. I'm going to get started on those wings soon, boys. Don't you worry. For now, oh, oh yeah, ice you're cold making? beers. Yeah. So, Iceland, Strain, uh, so for Strangeland. Now, another great Austinite Pills from Strangeland Brewery. That's yeah. right. Oh. And it is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, that is some refreshing stuff. So, Strangeland is, is, our, is our sponsor for all of our segments tonight. Um, check them out, Strangeland Brewery. Strangelandbrewery.com. Search them on Google. I don't know all their I'm sure they got social, social media. media. Yeah. You guys um, are smart. Our listeners ev- are not dumb. They can find that. Everybody's everywhere. Yeah. Just just search them on Google. You'll find everything you need. Um, so we'll get into our NFL segment. And this is I, – I don't even know how to start the conversation on this game because it was – it was too much. It was too much. It was – I was literally get over your feelings right now, Spencer. The Cowboys fans do not have time. For Cowboys this. beat the Eagles, twenty nine twenty three in overtime. I don't even know. I, I was shaking the entire time. I was shaking all game, and I was probably shaking close to a half an hour after the game. Um, it was so much stress, and the whole first half was really a downer. And seeing Dak play his worst. Half of football, or worse, three quarters of football, con- consistent. Um, it, it it had me worried, and and the fourth quarter he did everything he had to do to win the game and tie it back up, take it to overtime, and then he did everything he had to do in overtime to win the game. And Dallas lost some huge key players in Morris Williams and Barry Church, and they lost them for a long time. They're out both for about six weeks each. Um, Mo needs surgery for a hernia, and Barry Church broke his arm. So that's that's a huge loss for the defense, and they lost them fairly early in the second half. And for them to be able to hang in late in that game in the fourth quarter and make the stops they needed, and for Dak to turn it on when he needed it and find the biggest playmaker on the team in Des Bryant for that touchdown that tied the game up. It was so satisfying because the Eagles are my least favorite team in the NFL. I hate the Eagles so much. Um, I saw today that Dak and some guy named Johnny Lujak, who was the quarterback for the 1948 Browns, are the only rookies ever in the NFL to start 6-1 and one at quarterback. Um, so that's kind of sweet. Dak's a... Uh, in pretty elite company there. I don't know who Johnny Lujak is. I could probably do some research research on that, but I didn't. Um, there was a few key plays that I saw in the game. Um, the first one happened when I didn't even expect it, and that was Chris Jones on a fake punt. And valid. How? I mean, did you? Did anyone see that coming? I definitely didn't see it come in. Um, I didn't know he had the kind of wheels. No, no. I mean, 
I was I was screaming at the TV the whole time it was happening. I I didn't know he had it in him either, but yeah, you know when it happens, it happens. I and mean, that's a ballsy call from from Jason Garrett and Scott Linehan, which um, you don't see often. No, no, you don't. And 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 then again in overtime, fourth and one, and they decide to go for it. I saw a video today. Jason Garrett said, "Hey guys, what do you what do you think we should do? Let's kick the field goal. Let's just go ahead and kick the field goal." And Dez said, "Hell no, let's go win this game. Let's go win this game." And Dak looked at looked at Garrett, looked at Romo, looked at Dez. He, he told all of them, told four or five people, "I got this. I got this." So awesome. And so the confidence in a rookie to just their offensive line got beat up. I mean, they were not dominating that game. The Eagles' defensive line is very good. Okay, and give, give credit where credit's yes, due. Yes, absolutely. And I and I don't like to give credit to the Eagles, but their defensive line is defensive line and linebackers are the best in the NFL. Shut got, the hell up. Yeah, it hurts me to say it, but they were all over the place. I mean, they they pressured Dak and it and it hurt him. Jordan Hicks got the interception in the end zone, and you know Jordan Hicks is my boy from UT. That was that was a bittersweet moment. You know, it's like I want Jordan Hicks to do well. Just not against the Cowboys and not in the end zone, man. Any other time is good. So, what are your takeaways from the game? Honestly, like... Well, I I think I'm going to be the only unbiased one here at the table uh, when we talk about it. Of course you are. And I think last week we talked about the efficiency of the Philadelphia defense. They're a good defense. And they have been all year. The thing you saw to Dallas again... Another good defensive performance. You hold Carson Wentz to 32 of 43, which is a great day passing. But everything was underneath. It was short. It yeah. was out routes. It was it was checkdowns. It was everything. Little crossing routes. He only had throwing to, to Sproles. He only had 202 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, all um, short passes. They kept Sproles, who was the leading rusher, to 86 yards under 100. That's that's what Spencer. The, seven. The seven seventh in a row. straight they, game. They played seven games. That's seven in a row. Since yeah, so no hundred yard rusher, no hundred yard receiver. All all season, it's it's been great. The defense has really stepped up in in what you would assume to be a very underwhelming role. But then you look at the opposite side. Dak, nineteen of thirty nine. Not the greatest day. He was pressured. He was confused. He yeah. was challenged at quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. From one of the better defenses in the league. But the the poise, the composure to take that all game long, just say, we're going to keep grinding, we're going to keep grinding. And, you know, the last time the Eagles scored in the game was with 14 minutes left on the clock in the fourth quarter. And then Dallas comes back to put up 10 points to tie the game. Uh, And then in overtime to drive down, complete composure by Dak Prescott. And and the confidence. The confidence. And and look what he found. A wide open Jason Witten, the safety blanket to wrap this one up. And that was a very, very Romo-esque play. Feeling the pressure, seeing it, rolling out. And he almost looked scared to throw that ball because Jason Witten was so open. Yeah, and you know, no doubt that he he looked Romo-esque. And now that the Cowboys are six and one, you can start to feel the conversation. Changing it's, it's from the up. front office, and I, I, I want to get both y'all's perspective on this. Yeah, we'll what do y'all we'll, think about the the I'll Romo Dak conversation? Everyone else talking about it. We might as well as well. I'll be short on it because I do think Tony's coming also back next too. week. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I think the reason they keep pushing it back and it's going to be next week or next week or next week is because Dak's playing so well, and you do want Tony to be 
100% healthy when he comes back. And he does need to get that chemistry back with his guys. He needs to have the reps in practice. So, yeah, it makes 100% sense to sit him out until you really need him. And coming, like, letting Dak take over and and play against the Browns this week, which I think is the biggest trap game of the year. Yeah. If we're going to lose a game, it's going to be the Browns. And I'm worried about that one. We'll talk about that after we get yeah, through this week's it. recap. Um, but I do think Tony comes back in week 10 against Pittsburgh at the Steelers. So we'll, we'll see. I think, I think the last thing before we move on from this game is to answer this question is you let Dak keep playing. You let him keep performing when he's being challenged and he's meeting that challenge. I think if you're checking the boxes and you can sit there and check them every week, why do you change that formula for success? And I think the one thing that they've done is push Romo's comeback back is because, yeah, he could use some more time to get healthy. Sure. And why not have Romo at his absolute healthiest when it's when you need him most? Yeah. And I think the one thing for me that this just looks like is Tom Brady coming in for an injured Drew Bledsoe and Bledsoe never gets his job back. I think that's where we're kind of sitting at and I think that's yep. where this conversation might turn. And I think that should be great news for Cowboys fans because it's – even though you may sit there and say, hey, we paid Tony Romo all this money. Let's get our money's worth. Yeah. Isn't winning more important to that? Isn't that is. a, in a Super Bowl what your goal is? So yep. what does right. it matter how much you spent to get there if the end result is that you get there? Well, and I, th- I think that's just well, kind of I mean, where we'll we see. might I, look where it goes. Yeah, You, n- we'll you never see. know. It's the NFL. You never know. And you never know with the Cowboys and anything. So – I still think Tony will be back, and I think it'll be Week Ten against Pittsburgh. Um, so we'll 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 switch over. Cause I, only, I, only hope time we, we'll, I hope we never see him again. Only uh, time will tell, because well, I, maybe in a Browns uniform. You'll say that. Don't you'll say that about Tony Romo. <laughs> um, the other game in the, in Texas this week. Hey, and, and before we get into the Texans game, I'm I'm gonna take this opportunity to dismiss myself to go get our our chicken wings ready. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't care to talk about the Texans at all, so I'll be well, right yeah, back. Since, since you have to make them yourself, and we don't have a sponsor for that or anything like that. So. Yes. Yeah, so, so try not to ruin anything. Try not to to break the computer. I'll be right back though. Yeah, y'all carry on. We'll try, try to continue to not touch these buttons because we have no idea. I mean, not even like a note card of instructions. No, nothing. We can't get anything from this. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Um, one thing we do know what to do is uh, we do not a talk. So Texans host the Lions, and God, it was not it was not a, a game that that busted out in stats, and it wasn't anything that. That really jumped off the page. Texans get the win, which is good for them because the Colts also lost. And they extend their lead in that horrible division. Um, they went 20-13. to 13. There was just nothing that Stafford could really do. I mean, he, he had more stats than osweiler and lamar miller did i mean so. the lions had a better stat line of a game than yeah. the texans did but yeah. you know you know you look at it and we can sit here and because we're longhorn fans talk about how the longhorns are struggling at four and four but we can appreciate the wins that they get at home mm-hmm. the texans are the exact same way yeah. they haven't lost at home they take care of business when they come home and really i mean how much more can you ask of a team if if they're winning every game at home yeah. There, there's a lot that I think is wrong in Houston, but I think if you're getting some results and you're up, what, two games in 
At least, yeah. In the division yeah, their, right now. Yeah, their division's bad. It, it's something you can kind of appreciate. And I think that's the one thing that as a Texans fan you have to take away from and say, we're not playing the best football, but we're playing good enough football. And if we can get playing good football by the time we reach the playoffs, that's all that matters. Look at the New York Giants and two Super Bowls they won against the yeah, New England Patriots. They came they, in as wild cards. They came in as wild cards in the bottom end of it, playing the best football of the year. Maybe the Texans do that, maybe they don't, but well, I think that's the one thing you have to play for is that you're top of the division, you need to keep rolling, and you fix what needs to be fixed when you can. And until you figure it out, it's going to keep being a working process. The Texans are probably going to win that division, and they won't be a wild card, but they will have a first-round game against one of the two wild cards. They're not a good they're, – they're not exciting, but – they're, they're winning games, and they're still in first place, which is what matters. So, yeah, I got to say, go Texans fans. Um, good for you guys. That's that's awesome. You got something to root for if you keep winning and stay in first place. Um, game in London, we get another tie. I mean, goodness. Between the Thursday night game, which is disgusting to just look at, yeah, it was an and, ugly and game. the London game, which was just mind-boggling on so many levels. The first tie we've ever had overseas, uh, and it comes a week after we already had another tie. Yeah, and so, the first time since, like, what, 96 or 97? I think it was 96 that uh, we've had back-to-back weeks with a tie. So, And we almost had two in one day with, with the Raiders-Bucks game. We'll talk about that as well. Yeah, but, you know, the Redskins and the Bengals, the one thing that I took from that game that I think was really awesome uh, was seeing Tyler Eifert come back for the Bengals and, and had a truly great game. Uh, oh, caught this... caught a touchdown, got them back in the game. We'll see if he can stay healthy. Yeah. Because he's uh, struggled with a lot of weird injuries, getting hurt in the Pro Bowl. And... Two long-stinted injuries that yeah. have kept him out of the season so far, but he looks like he's back, and that's a really good sign for the Yeah, uh, and I feel bad for Dalton and the Bengals. Well, I guess I don't really feel bad for for Zach, for Ballad because he didn't have to see how awful the Titans Jags game was because of his color blindness and how ugly the jerseys were. I almost wish I was colorblind yeah, for that game. Yeah, I, I guess the NFL has said, you know, color blindness has been an issue long enough. Let's make people who can see colors suffer more than them. <laughs> they're doing a good job. I I will say bravo to the NFL if that and, was their And intent. it was just all blue and like Baby puke yellow. It was just oh, so man. bad. And you can oh. tell they're trying to be gold without it's, any effort it's whatsoever baby, it's to baby be gold. Puke. Um, so my game of the week, other than, of course, the Cowboys-Eagles game, was the, the other overtime game of the week, which was the Raiders, who actually stayed in Florida all week after playing Jacksonville last week, stayed in Florida... Or, no, they played Miami last week. Either way, they stayed in Florida because they played at Tampa. They st- spent the whole week in Florida and struggled with, with the Bucks in a, in a weird game and, and uh, a game that broke a couple records. And they broke a record for most penalties ever accepted as an NFL team. Not a franchise. Not just a franchise. They broke the NFL record for most penalties in a game. And and to top it off, they mo- broke the record for most penalty yards accepted. Yeah, in and, a single game. And then and then Derek Carr broke the franchise record 
for most passing yards ever in a game for a Raiders quarterback. And boy, did he. He, he was throwing to everybody. I mean, he threw to everybody, and they all had big numbers. Yeah, I think you saw the emergence of Amari Cooper for the season, breaking out of his shell, uh, Michael Crabtree grabbing everything in sight, uh, and then Roberts there at the end just making a nice catch on fourth down, taking a little bit of contact, staying on his feet, and then finding daylight and just running to it, you know? Uh, Derek Carr was 40 of 59 for 513 yards, four touchdowns, zero picks. Yeah. Almost a perfect quarterback rating. It just had a, yeah, a, a little, damn near perfect game on the afternoon. A I mean, little was, short of perfect. Um, yeah. he, he, I think he ended up with uh, close to almost 120. I think the perfect would be 158 one, point something. Something, yeah. Um, it's a weird number. Um, but, yeah, I mean, in, insane numbers. Cra- uh, Crabtree had eight catches for 108. Cooper, 12 catches, 173. It was nuts. I mean, there was – that's definitely my – my who I want to screw in fantasy this week is is Derek Carr. Even though I lost by a single point, I lost by one point. Even with him in the lineup, I had him in my lineup. Oh, yeah, yeah, I want to screw him because that was awesome. That's I, a tough one. I love to see. I love to see a guy break out and do something like that. Um, that many points in fantasy is is pretty exciting. I think he had close to fifty points in in, in our league. Hey, all my fantasy fans were cheering for Amari Cooper this week. He had a Breakout performance for the year. Um. So tell me about your team. Tell me about your Pats. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, all the talk was about how the Bills came into Gillette Stadium and... Shut y'all out. First time ever. Yeah. I had a great performance. A great all-around team performance. 16 nothing. Defense. 16 nothing against your third-string injured, thir- injured third-string quarterback. Yeah, I will, I will say that was the last game of the Tom Brady-less Patriots for the year. Yeah. And I think it we were down to our last straw at that point, and I think it showed. But the Bills took advantage, you know. You can't blame a team for taking advantage of another team's situation. And they and they did. They absolutely took care of and manhandled the Patriots at home. And I think Tom Brady and Gronkowski got together and said, hey, you remember what they did to us when we weren't in the game? Let's go take it to their house. And, and oh, they were pissed. New Era Field, you know, is a totally different game. They're pissed. I think the Bills have been injured and they're a little bit down right now. I think you know a lot has happened to them over the course of the last three weeks. Um, and even not having Lashawn McCoy has been a big hit to what their running game has been doing. So oh yeah. For, so far for them, but this one was all Patriots, forty-one to twenty-five, and uh, much like that uh, adult sex toy that was thrown onto the field early in the game uh the patriots took it to the bills and we did, don't need to be pc it was a dildo didn't it was a dildo with balls on it it was it was hilarious it was impressive it was hilarious I mean, it was impressive I'll, I'll give you that oh i cracked up i did snapchat everyone about it oh because I, I, it was I, I a great snap. moment I but, uh, yeah uh i mean it was just a slaughter and new england never gave up never let up and the result kind of shows that. I think it shows where the Patriots are heading for, and that's a division title. It's Tom Brady looking to go 12-0 and on the season for himself. I think it's the Patriots eyeing for another Super Bowl championship in a franchise that, as you saw this week, is willing to do whatever it takes to win and win in their fashion, trading linebacker Jamie Collins to the Browns for a 2017 conditional third-round pick this week. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, 
God, I'm getting hungry, man. I wish we had a wing sponsor because I wish we had a producer. Though. At least a more qualified producer to cook these wings, you know what I mean? Well, no, not even that. I, I don't even know what I'm doing. There's lines <laughs> on the screen. There's... What's up, guys? Hey, man, those wings done yet? Did you just get started? It takes time, okay? Oh, my God. What are you guys talking about? Like every great thing, it takes It just takes time. time. Hey, well, Grabbed a few more Strange uh, strange Land brewers, though. You hey, guys like that? I do like Strange Land. What game um, y'all on? We are on uh, Panthers Cardinals. Whoo! Cardinals, one of those teams in that NFC. What is it? West. Um, a weird division over there. Seahawks have turned into the best team in that division. Although they did lose to the Saints this week. Um, Panthers at home beat the Cardinals. Panthers have been struggling and. So that's a big win for them. They really, I mean, they didn't really impress. The defense did. Defense had a touchdown. Um, and they did what they had to do. They kept the Cardinals from scoring. And Cam Newton got his ass kicked. And and the refs didn't throw any flags. And so he decided to say some stuff after the game. Um, you got anything on that, Bob? Uh, Yeah, I got a lot on it. It... it... I'm not gonna lie, it pissed me off. So for for those who who may have not heard Cam's rant, he more or less went onto the podium after a win and was complaining that the refs were letting him get hit. And you know, I'm all for safety, player safety. That's an important thing. But it's football. You're not special. You're gonna get hit. That's part of the game. If you're holding the ball, everyone wants to hit you. That's part of football. And and beyond that, this is not Cam's place to be going on this rant. This rant, this message to the media should be delivered by either Ron Rivera or ownership, not Cam. Cam, you play football. Do that. You're good at it. Just do that part. And But beyond even that, if you are going to deliver a rant like that, please do not do it in the most ridiculous-looking post-game suit Get up I've ever seen. He was wearing like a he pink looked like suit. The Joker with his pink. With he his looked green like a hat. goofball. Like how a green hat. How I am loved I, it. How am I supposed to take you seriously? The when flyest you, outfit in the building by it, far. I'm gonna be honest with you, Zach. It was a fly outfit, and I'm gonna be honest with you, Ballad. I think Cam had a reason to be upset. Shut the hell up. He took Absolutely. a shot. He took shots at the knee. Which Tom Brady, which Ben Roethlisberger, which every quarterback in the league, Aaron Rodgers, any of these big-time quarterbacks, are going to get these calls. He took a shot low, which was a dirty hit, which could have ended his career with a torn ACL, MCL. could have blown his whole knee out. He's lucky that that didn't happen. And the fact that there was no flag and the fact the ref was sitting there watching the whole play happen, saw it happen, didn't throw a flag – is a joke. There's one referee's job who it is to just look at the quarterback. Exactly. Watch the, him the whole play. And the officiating, play. not only in... I mean, I watch high school football and I cover that. It's bad in high school. It's bad in college. It's bad in the NFL. And it's bad to both extents. There's too many flags or there's not enough flags. They're not protecting the players. And Cam is one of the guys not getting protected. It's a joke. And he has every right to be pissed off. And I'm pissed off for him. I, I'm, I'm fine with him being mad. That's okay. But you are a football player. You play football. You're going to get hit. 
And it's not your place to go to the media and complain about it. Let your coach do that. Let your ownership do that. And again, if you are going to deliver a rant like that, leave that stupid hat in the locker room. I can't take you seriously when you look like a total buffoon in the costume you're wearing. Yeah, you know. Clearly, I, it's I, all about the hat. I'm like, what in the hell is going on here? I, I just don't understand it. Like, if you're going to, if you, because it's not like he didn't plan that speech, like, he knew he was going to deliver that. Why are you wearing that stupid hat? I don't understand it. You would have been better off leaving your helmet on. Yes, yes, all right. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, it, it's one thing, and I agree, maybe it should be left to the coaches to to, to complain like that to the media, maybe the owners, It, but it's an embarrassment. And at this point, yeah. nobody is standing up for Cam, and I think Cam has had enough and is standing up for himself. Well, that's that, where you're wrong. That that shot at He's his not wrong. that shot at his knee was bad. It was dirty. It was it was not like the Von Miller hit where he was pushed into the quarterback. Right. It was a free shot that he went into his knee, not by intent but by design. Yeah. And I, there needs to be a flag. And if there's, I agree. if there's a flag and you talk about it and it's not a flag, I like that more than not giving the flag when it's a safety issue. It's a quarterback and a release who's getting hit low at the knees. His body's already taken him into it, and it, it's just unnecessary damage that needs to be done at this point. I agree. And But that Jim Carrey, the mask, hat that he had on, and, I mean, I wish he had the yellow shoot, suit to go with it because that was the best thing I saw all week. <laughs> What's wrong with you? How does that sound for a change? Yeah, no, uh, it's terrible. I like the suit. I thought the hat was funny. His shoes were... Looked like he was wearing a chunky block of pepper jack cheese. Um, He's the, the guy. shoes were questionable. He's the guy. But um, we'll get into some some matchups this week. Um, well, Packers and Vikings both lose in that division up there. Um, I don't care about either one of them, honestly. I'll, no, I'll, do I. I'll be honest. I mean, the Monday night game was a snoozer, and Chicago just took advantage of how bad Minnesota's been playing lately. Yeah. And and that yeah, speaks to how up. bad Chicago's they been playing. They beat him up. Jay Cutler came back to um, get a win, and that's the highlight of that game. So, uh, Cowboys got the Browns this week. Oh, hold on, hold on. Let's get into our fantasy... Uh, who screwed you? Well, you were who? gone. You were gone for so long that he I was without me. Spencer jumped the gun. He was a little bit early on well, this I was, one. Quick I was, on the draw. I, I I prematurely ejaculated because Derek Carr was <laughs> so good this week for me. Even though I lost by one point, Derek Carr got me forty-seven points. He's my guy that I want to screw. So that was your guy who you wanted to screw. Who screwed you this week, though, Spencer? It had to be Greg Olson. Greg mm-hmm. Olson screwed me hard. It was bad, man. He just let me down. And and they won the game thirty to to twenty. And he just he just hurt my feelings, man. I mean, the two guys you expect to produce in the offense, Kelvin Benjamin and Greg Olson, have just been absent. But I, I know. W- I will tell you what though, my guy that I want to screw this week, that boy Jonathan Stewart, mm. coming through with two touchdowns for the Panthers. Oh. He lit off my running back slots in a couple leagues, and I could not be happier with that. But um I gotta say, the guy who screwed me so hard, who is the most untrustworthy quarterback on the road, is Matthew Stafford. Oh, just so disappointing in multiple leagues. I got him too, man, in my other league, but I didn't start. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I'll I'll tell you, I got I got screwed hard this week. (laughs) Like like I've never been screwed before, and that was by Ty Montgomery. 
I picked him off waivers two weeks ago, <laughs> and he was great. And all week, every fantasy expert is saying, oh, Ty Montgomery, uh, he's out with illness, but he's going to play. Oh, yeah, he's going to play. Uh, and then, of course, Saturday night, it's, it's Halloween, so I have a great time. I'm out very late. I don't wake up early morning Sunday. I don't get the announcement that Ty Montgomery's not going to play. That's a rookie mistake. So he lays a goose egg. In my wide receiver, or in my running back spot. That's a dang coaching mistake. That's a dang coaching mistake, but Ty Montgomery, you screwed me this week. But I still got the I still got the W, because the man I want to screw, the man I, I take to bed whenever, whenever he'd let me, Mr. Tom Brady, 38 and a half points. He saved me this week. Tom Brady. This one's to you. And I, I got to say, my weekly shout-out to the Patriot boys, uh, LeGarrette Blunt, Rob Gronkowski. Love you guys. Keep keep it up. That's enough of that. Keep it um, up. I'm sick of this fanboy over here. <laughs> I We did our fanboy. You did your fanboy. You only get one fanboy hey, segment. I get limited time with my, you get one fanboy with segment. my New England people. Um, So, yeah, Cowboys <laughs> travel up to Cleveland, which could be interesting. My dad's going to this game. Really? Yeah, it's nice. Um, could oh, be interesting. Oh, pop a ballad on this one. Pop, pop a ballad. Pop a ballad. Could be interesting if Cleveland wins the World Series tonight, which is a stretch. They're down 4-1 to one right now. They won't. Um, it's all Chicago. Hey, that guy called it from 1993. Look. They, 1993 yearbook quote. He we'll, called it. We'll get to this later, but they stacked up the records just so they could all be broken at once. Yeah, and um, <laughs> Cowboys are a seven-point favorite. I'm going to take the Cowboys. I'm going to take those points, and I think they win by enough to cover. But um, like we said earlier, I, I feel like that is a bit of a trap game. Looking at Pittsburgh, you kind of look at the week ahead thinking, oh, Cleveland's 0-8, haven't won a game. That's the one they're going to lose if they're going to lose. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm a little scared for that one. You know, I, I think this is – we say trap game knowing the Cowboys from the past couple years. I think this is the game where they resurge, and I think they say, you know what we haven't done? We haven't got Zeke the ball in the end zone. Let's get him the ball. Let's get him in the end zone. Let's have a day on the ground. I think the Browns have been a sneaky good team against the Rush this year so far, and it's kept them in games, but – all in all, the Browns are just a really lackluster team, and I think sure. if the Cowboys just sit there and say, hey, we're going to go in, we're going to wear on these guys, and we're going to beat them down so that the fourth quarter we can do whatever we want, I think that's the kind of game it's going to be. I think it's all Zeke in this one. I think Dak's going to continue his 200 to 300-yard passing and just manage the game down to the very last second, and I think the Cowboys are going to come up with a big win here. Yes, ma'am. So, yeah, so you're taking those points as well. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I'm all Cowboys in this one. Ballard, you're taking that as well? Yeah, I echo everything Zach just said. One of the few times that uh, the two Zachs agree, uh, Cowboys win this game, and I don't think it's close. Um, another game, we'll just look ahead. Uh, since the Cowboys do play the Steelers the week after, Steelers are in Baltimore playing the Ravens. Oh, this is a big divisional matchup here. The line hasn't been set on that game. Maybe it's a pick I'm not sure. Um, it is a big-time divisional matchup in a rivalry game, which is why we put it on the list this week. Um, I don't know if Roethlisberger is going to play or not. Uh, There's reports that he might. It's up in the air, so we'll see. Yeah, I mean, that'll probably be game time. Um, the Ravens have given up a lot of points. Their defense is good, but they give up a lot of points. They force turnovers. 
which may help him out because they are playing against Landry Jones. Um, but there's still Le'Veon Bell. There's still still Antonio Brown. I'm taking the Steelers. I don't know what the, the point line is because it's I don't have anything here. Um, I got Steelers. I, I like the Steelers, too, in this game. The, the Ravens had such a great start to the season, yeah. but they've given up four in a row now, and I don't see them getting it corrected in this game, especially if uh, Big Ben takes the field. Uh, give me the Steelers as well. I, I think the Ravens have been best against the rush, but I think they're facing a different kind of animal in Le'Veon Bell who can do it all, pass, yeah. catch, and run the ball extremely well with patience. I think this one is all Steelers. Um, look out for Le'Veon Bell to have a big game. He's been pretty lackluster re- recently, but I think Le'Veon Bell breaks out in this one. I think he's over 100 total yards. I think he goes for at least a touchdown. Yeah, I'd, I'd say a lot more than a, over 100 um, total yards. But uh, NFC East matchup, Eagles at Giants. It's always an exciting battle. I mean, any NFC East game is always pretty close, especially this year. All four teams are very good, all about 500. Um, Eagles, let's see. In New York, the Giants are actually a two-and-a-half favorite. Who? Yeah, and I don't think that's any good. I think the Eagles run all over New York. Uh, that defense is going to give Eli some problems. They're going to put pressure on him, and he's going to turn the ball over. I guarantee you that. So I'm taking Eagles big. I'm taking those points and, and running with them. Yeah, the, the only thing I can say about this game is that I'm not going to watch it. Um, I, I'm not going to watch my two least favorite teams play each other, uh, but I like the Eagles to win as well. Yeah, I think that, that defense is just too quick, and I think it's a good coverage defense. I think it gave Dallas a lot of trouble. I think it'll give New York a lot of trouble. And considering New York is all about the pass, I think uh, the Eagles are all over this one. I think they hold New York to under 20 points, and I think they take this one big. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that secondary holds up against OBJ, but um, yeah, they're gonna put so much pressure on on Eli. It's gonna be tough for him. Um, my my game, one of the games of the week, I think is gonna be exciting. Um, Broncos go to Oakland. Oakland finally has a home game after two weeks. Um, Broncos at Raiders. That I mean, that's a Sunday night game. Right now it's a pick 'em. It's it's an even line, and I I'm I'm drinking whatever Kool Aid. I'm drinking that dark dark black and silver Kool Aid, man. You're on the black I'm hole, on the, huh? I'm stuck on the, in the hole, huh? I'm stuck in the hole. I'm on the Raiders. I'm taking the Raiders in a pick 'em because I think Derek Carr is for real. I think he I think they killed it picking him. He's so much better than his brother. He finds ways to win, whether it be against good teams or bad teams. And they're 6-2, and two, and they're leading their division. They're leading that division against the Broncos. You know what? I I got to say, I don't want to jump on the Raiders bandwagon. It's such a huge disappointment when they let you down because they can be so good. Uh, I think this Broncos defense is going to give them trouble in a primetime game. I think that secondary is just too good for the Raiders. Uh, or I'm sorry, for the Broncos against the, the Raiders and all the weapons that they have. I think Crabtree and Cooper will have a rough day. Um, and I think it'll be slow going. But I think that also speaks to 
the Denver offense and how slow that's been as well. I think this is a close one. I think the Raiders will take this one outright. I'm going to go with the Raiders on this one. But I think they're going to struggle against this Denver defense because this sure. is a really good defense yeah. in Denver. And they're going to have to run the ball with one of their seven running backs that they, that they throw in there per game. <laughs> Somebody's got to run it the six times that they run it yeah. a game. Um, last game, Monday night game, Bills at Seahawks. Ballot, who you got? Seattle favored by by a touchdown. Yeah, I I don't like that. Um, I don't you know Uncle Magnus really like to bet on NFL, but he's gonna take the the Seahawks in this game. I just think that defense again is gonna be too much for the Bills and Russell Wilson, as banged up as he's been, has still found a way to win games. Uh, I like them to win uh, at home. Yeah, I think they win by more than a touchdown. Bills are are struggling. Even if LaShawn McCoy plays, I think Seahawks win that game by more than a touchdown. I think the Seahawks win this game. I don't know if it's by more than a touchdown, though. And I think their struggles have been Russell Wilson being able to spread their the ball Their offense is tough, yeah. Um, they haven't been able to really run explosively as they have in the past, and I think Christian Michael has done a good job, but it's definitely nowhere near the caliber that Marshawn Lynch was doing or that even Thomas Rawls had at the end of last year. I think Seattle needs to get Jimmy Graham more involved again because when he was really involved at the beginning of the season, their offense was rolling. And they were moving the ball downfield and scoring lots of points. I'm waiting for it, man. He's on my he's on my fantasy team, and he's just let me down every time I start him. I think he's due this week. I think the Bills are susceptible, especially in the secondary now. They're pretty banged up. I think the Bills are going to lose this one. I think it's a little bit closer than we think, though. Um, so that concludes our, our NFL segment. Um, you know, we'll go ahead and, and move into... Well, before we do that, do you guys want another Strangeland Brewery? I can, I can go grab us some more beer. Uh, I can one. use one more. I they're, mean, they're so good. They're, yeah, I could, I I could definitely more. get another I mean, one. it goes down so smooth. I'm drinking them faster I mean, than, our, than our I last, usually drink. Our last segment is called the Nightcaps. Like, yeah, I could use a Nightcap. I think, I think we could all use one, huh? Yeah. I'll go grab us some beers. Some Strangeland Brews. Yeah, so so we're going to go into our Nightcap, sponsored by Strangeland Brewery here in Austin, Texas. Um... You know, we, we talked World Series last week, and I said Cleveland, I believe, in six. You said Cubs in seven. Ballad said Cleveland, Cleveland in, seven. in seven. So we're pretty split on that. And, you know, it. the Cubs are up four to one in the top of the fifth. And run around first with two outs. So... Cubs are are in are handily in the lead. They got their guy going tonight. Um, oh God, I just lost his name. He's lead, he leads the uh, the major leagues in ERA. Oh Hendricks. Yeah, Hendricks leads leads the MLB in ERA. But on the other side of it, Cleveland. And and now my. Tablets decided to play some sound. Um, yeah, Cleveland's got Kluber, who's got two wins, or they've won both games that he's pitched, and he's coming off three days rest again, as he did in game four. So he's given up four runs already, all earned. Zach, you, you may uh, – I think there's something – that you got connected with uh, your boy Theo Epstein, that you just knew this was going to happen. I mean, it's hard for me, especially as a Red Sox fan, you know, watching Terry Francona 
really design how we were going to win World Series when we won yeah. the World Series with him. Uh, it was something special to watch. And even before that, watching Theo Epstein come in and say, hey, this is the type of team that we want to build. These are the types of players we want to get around us. And he brought around Dustin Pedroia to, to compliment Big Poppy. But he also brought in third base pieces, outfield pieces, things in the lineup that could do some damage, but also in the field, you know, real gold glove winners. You know, they brought in Adrian Beltre for a couple years and he worked out, just didn't get anywhere with him. And um, it, it, it was really impressive to watch as a fan at the time. But I think now watching from the outside, looking into somebody else who is trying to overcome a history of of curses and just and you know all about pure that demise awesome yeah yeah exactly um i think the thing that stacked up against the cubs was they said okay we have this many curses we have this many droughts let's put all of those records together and break them all at once just sure. so we can yeah, break the it, sound barrier and, and and really celebrate in something truly magnificent and truly special in sports regardless of the sport that you look at it's crazy how it all worked out and uh, i mean God, being up 4-1, you know Cubs fans are already they're already overthinking everything. When you know right they're now. they're gripping the arms of their seats so Oh, they've hard been right overthinking they, it for a month. They are praying that this time flies by. Uh but know, it's gonna be the slowest three, uh, four slowest and a half, half innings. game, yeah, for sure. Three and uh, a half innings left and, and it's gonna be the slowest moving game and I think, they've ever had. You know, the one thing that you and I talked about uh, extensively was what what's the difference in this series? You know, it, it's pitching obviously because both of these teams are are hitting teams and they take advantage of the spots that they can get hits in. Yeah. And Cleveland does it on the base path. Chicago does it with the bats. Of course. But the one thing we both agreed on was that yes, Cleveland may have a little bit better bullpen all around. Yep. Chicago had the better closer. Aroldis Chapman was used and abused oh, in Game in- Five and Six. But look what that happens. They got two wins out of it to get them to Game 7. And the key that I told you was always what? Starting pitching. Kluber gave up six hits and four earned runs tonight. Um, Hendricks has only given up the one run. Um, and that's the key in this game. Yeah, you know? and Kluber's already been replaced in this game. Yeah, so. Andrew Miller's in the game. I think it can be relied upon that Andrew Miller will probably get him to the 7th or 8th inning at least. Is he the uh, Texas boy? Uh, he's the guy. He's the prospect that he got from the Yankees this year. Uh, he's the left-hander, dude. The dude reminds me of Randy Johnson from the Arizona Diamondbacks. Whoa. The kid's got movement on his slider. It's a nasty release point from the left side, and it's just got a great break. I mean, he looks phenomenal from the hill. But again, the Cubs just scored another one uh, to get through the fifth inning. It's five-one now. I think this is all Cubs to get through the rest of this game. I think the Cubs are about to celebrate some history being being made right now. Uh, now, guys, you know that I don't know nothing about baseball, and I, I really don't care about baseball. <clears throat> but I predicted the Indians in seven for, for one reason only. It's because we all have a really good friend named Joe Andrews who is from Chicago. He's a big Chicago fan. And I told him outright that I wanted this one to hurt when the Cubs lost in the World Series. And I think this is setting up perfect. It's 5-1 right now in the fifth. I can see a curse coming in on the Cubs and the Indians still winning this game. We're going to see if we can get Joe on the on the show next week to call in and talk about the emotion going through the game as he's watching this. But 
Eh, baseball is one of those things. It's not over till it's over. I'm excited to see how this ends out. Well, and it's funny. Um, I actually saw Joe this weekend on Saturday while I was at work. Oh yeah. Yeah, he was uh, he was a little pissed off that he couldn't find any friends to go fly fishing with him. No. And he said, "Dude, have me on the show. I'll talk about the Cubs. You know, I fucking love Chicago. We're gonna see if we can get him next week." So. Yeah, Joe, we're going to figure this out after the show. We're going to test out our our uh, caller call-in, and um, that goes for you as well, Chad. We're going we're gonna to figure this out. We're going to talk about it all. Um, you guys got any extra stories? Anything for our nightcap? No, we're... Uh... I'm, I'm all glued to this Cubs game. This is everything I've, I've yeah. wanted yeah, to see. Yeah, let's wrap this up so we can go watch the end of the we Cubs game. We need to go game. put that game on. Um, so... I, I think we did. I, I think we covered pretty much everything we want to talk about tonight. Um, yeah, basketball's back. We'll start talking about that once baseball's over. We'll kind of replace baseball with basketball. Um, I'll, I'll say another big thank you to yes. Strange Land Brewery providing us with the beer to drink tonight. Um, if you guys go check them out at their their Twitter handles at Strange Land Brew. Um, and guys, fake stats. Uh, Ballard's gonna end up being two and zero on the on There's the no series. Way. There's no way. I snuck by a few by you guys. Um, so I mentioned earlier that A and M had a balanced offense of two thirty three passing, two eighty two rushing. Flip those on you. And then I also mentioned that Florida State has won their fourth game by less by a margin of seven points. They're Clemson, only on their Clemson. third. Clemson, yeah, whoever. Clemson. I I almost asked about that one. I really did, and I just I took your word for it because you had already tried to sneak two past me. So so we got Zach in uh in Cobra status. Man, and surrender Cobra just strikes. Uh, we called him out on like four. I know. We I, did, I, we did a better this job. Is unbelievable. This week. I will say that, but we're we're still struggling. So this is what we're gonna do. Producer. I'm gonna cash in on one of those shotguns right after this show. We've got plenty of strange uh, strange land brewery. They they've given us plenty of products, so we're I'm gonna cash in on one of those. We're gonna start next week with one. And then let's see if next week you guys can set your game up a little bit and, and be a better stat police because what you're doing right now is clearly not cutting it. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to get better on that for sure. The producer ballad is just not going to get away with this kind of nonsense anymore. We've got to step our game up here. Uh, but I will give a shout-out. The one thing producer ballad is qualified to do is cook some wings. Mango habanero last week came in the clutch. Was a nice blend for us to end the show. What kind of flavor are we getting this week? Let's get a What's guess. What's it going to be? Let's get a guess. Oh, man. It looked dark. It looked dark. It looked like a barbecue. Some sort of barbecue. Do you have, like do a, you teri- have a... Like a teriyaki. Oh. A teriyaki? Is yeah. your final answer? Yeah. What do you got, Zach? I'm going to go with the, the mesquite barbecue. You can't miss with mesquite. All right. We'll report back next week. The mango habanero was awesome last week. Um, we are still looking for a wing sponsor. So... Please, Wings. if you do hear this show, pass it on to uh, someone you know that that owns wing owns a wing shop, or or you know somebody who works at a wing shop. Talk to them, or makes hot sauce. I mean, anything. We'll anything. douse our wings in that. Stuff. Yeah. Um. So yeah. One more time, I want to thank Strangeland Brewery, our one and only sponsor. This show goes out to you tonight. Thank you. Until next week, we are the Sports Buzz. Over.